I think because I came from a world of sort of running a business, growing a business, when I thought about Lila B, to me, it was a business. It was creating a product to make a difference, to sell. And I never before realized how big and influential my role would be in the brand. I wasn't necessarily hiding behind the desk anymore. I wasn't sitting around a boardroom table making business decisions as much as how impactful it would and is every day being, you know, customer facing, being founder forward. And it's been quite an evolution for me. Less is more. This is a value shared by both Lila B co-founder Cheryl Yanodi Foland and her company, a luxury, minimalistic collection of color cosmetics that allows women to achieve a finished look with fewer products, encouraging a movement to declutter, minimalize, and simplify. Coming up, you'll hear Cheryl's journey, including how, when building a company, everything takes longer and more money than you think the value of giving your team flexibility and not micromanaging, the challenge of bringing a business to life, finding balance and feeling lucky, and how Cheryl reinvented herself in a big way. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Cheryl, we are so excited to be with you this morning to hear all about your Entrepreneurista journey. I'm thrilled to be here as well. Thanks for having me. Of course. So you worked in finance for 20 years before getting involved in the beauty industry. Can you share how you went from finance to beauty? How does that even happen? Interesting question, and I still scratch my head and wonder how that's happened as well. You know, I was never that beauty junkie. I never dreamed of owning my own cosmetic brand one day, but I actually defaulted in the industry. I was sort of on the finance private equity side of the world, and about halfway through that 20-year career, this firm purchased a, a company by the name of Arcade Marketing, and I was part of the team that helped to grow that business and ultimately sell it. Arcade Marketing provides um, marketing sort of consultancy sampling solutions to the beauty industry. So working with all brands across every category, fragrance, skincare, color cosmetics, body care, how do you sample a product right at launch? Um, you have to work with the marketing teams to say, how do we get a trial of a sample into the hands of a consumer? How do you execute it? Is it through Sephora Smart Sampling? Is it through a direct mail piece in a magazine? Guerrilla marketing, handing it out on the streets and at events. And it was a lot of fun. So the reality is I was on that side of the world building a business. Never in a million years thought I'd be um, in the beauty space, but I find it wildly exciting. And uh, and here we are. So what happened? Was there this aha moment, like I want to launch my own brand? Where did When did it happen? So it's interesting. I don't know that I ever had this crazy fire in my belly to be an entrepreneur or to be a founder. But what happened is there was a clear understanding over a period of nine years working with the most incredible people 
at these incredible brands where I I felt so strongly about just how complicated cluttered and confusing the world of color cosmetics had become and that there was a clear white space in the industry for something simpler, easier. And, you know, when I first got out of university in the early 90s, I was that girl that loved Bobby Brown. Bobby was my girl. My mother, my sister, myself, we all could go to that Bobby Brown counter and buy the same neutrals. Didn't matter our age, our skin type, our skin tone. You buy three products. You looked fabulous and you didn't need a makeup artist to apply it when you went home at night. And there was nothing. Fast forward 20-something years later, and there was nothing like that in the industry, nothing that was appealing in the industry. So based on the experience that I had at Arcade, that was very very clear to me that there was something missing. And along with that professional journey and sort of that very subtle aha moment, my personal life had changed dramatically. I started off that that uh, career in Manhattan, which is where I'm originally from here on the East Coast. And when I uh, made the move out to California to continue to expand that business, my entire life changed. It's a much simpler, easier, thoughtful way of life, a lot more work-life balance. And I can't really say I had a lot of that here in New York. So really, it was the combination of a much easier, simpler lifestyle that gave me a healthier perspective on life and uh, and this aha moment of, hey, um, there's nothing out there that's simple and easy. So I set out to make beauty simple again. Would you say your career in finance helped you as an entrepreneur? Interesting question. I would say that the mentor mentors and the most brilliant people that I had worked with over that 20-year career were the most amazing teachers. I try to be the similar mentor and leader today with my own brand, and it's very different because I'm running a very different business and on a very different scale. But I would say it was, you know, less about what I was doing day to day and more about the collaboration and the the brilliant minds that I worked with that inspired me and and gave me an amazing foundation to be able to start and feel confident enough to run my own business. What did you do when you were ready to first launch this business? What was your first step? So you're going to start this makeup brand. There was a need. Now what? So I've been telling this story a lot and my husband's going to kill me. What I did is I came home one day, and this was prior to our selling arcade, and I was already spinning in my head as to what I was going to do. Because the reality is uh, my world um, prior to the move out to California was was here professionally. So I was already spinning, you know, if this company sells, what am I going to do next? And I don't want to go back to New York. And so when I, when I mentioned the um, brilliant idea at least I thought it was brilliant at the time, to my husband, there were two things that happened. I said before I even started the development or before I even got his buy-in, I said, uh, I had this brilliant idea. I am going to change the way women think about beauty. And um, I'm going to convince them to be more mindful. And I am going to encourage them to buy less product, not more. 
And, you know, the investment banker that he is, he kind of looked at me crazy and said, I'm not really sure how we're going to make money and what kind of <laughs> business model this is. Um, but okay, why don't you throw a business plan together and we'll talk about it? So I did. And, and it's interesting because putting it down on paper really made it feel real and it got me really excited. So the first thing I did was reach out to the network of people that I had met over that nine year career working in the industry, whether it was suppliers or manufacturers or even the most brilliant people within brands who not only were my clients, but had become my friends and picked the brains of a lot of people to give me tips and um, advice and and ultimately incredible support to to push forward and and to develop my own brand. How did you come up with the name? At what point in the process did you develop that? Well, early on, I absolutely knew I am not ego-driven at all. So it clearly was not going to be Cheryl Cole in cosmetics, <laughs> right? Um, so that was easy. And I thought of lots of really kitschy um, names that I thought would be sort of on trend and in the moment. Um, what else was in the running? You know, it's funny. I don't remember yeah. <laughs> at this point. Um, I'd have to think about that. So I'll get back to you. But um, Lila was a huge part of my transformation from frivolous, chaotic Cheryl from New York to this minimalistic, very simple, happier, healthier, outdoorsy woman uh, in California. Lila was my 90-pound Rhodesian Ridgeback. She spent every day, all day in our office. We spent um, mornings uh, running on the trails. You know, really, she really was part of my healthier transition. And uh, yeah, so I named the brand after my dog. Wow. I can totally relate to that. <laughs> I <laughs> actually uh, wants to start a new I, business. I do. I want to start a new business and I'll tell you about it later. Uh, but my dog's name is Nori, so I wouldn't want to call it Oh, Nori. I like Nori. Nori's uh, great. Yeah, yeah. So Nori I'll, B, I'll pick your brain. Nori I'll pick B. your brain Nori about B. that. My dog's name is Beluga, so yeah, Nori, Nori and then B. B. So like Lila B awesome. and Nori B. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so how many people do you have in your business now? If you asked me that question about three months ago, I'd probably say six or seven. Um, but right now, we we actually have 12 in our corporate office. So that's changed dramatically with the scale of the business this summer. And then we probably have about 20 freelancers that are out in the industry. So they're makeup artists and they help us with uh, in-store support and training across all of our our. Um, our retail brick and mortar environments. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a, a crazy transition this year. Who was your first hire? My very first hire was a girl who was part time assistant that helped me with filling orders and part time social media, and she lasted about six months before I realized that I needed someone a little bit more um, experienced, a little bit more passionate about what we were doing, and um, so I quickly hired someone on full time. But I I kept it super lean and yeah. mean early on and wore a lot of hats as I still do. Um, and so does the rest of my team. But I felt uh, it was really important early on for that sort of social media, digital presence. And then obviously, I needed someone to help me pack out orders. I want to talk more about the less is more concept. Yes. Can you explain what you mean by that? How many products are in the line? Yeah, yeah. You know, as I mentioned, the this sort of 
white space that I felt I could fill with a minimalistic, simple line um, wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. I started to look into various different chemists and manufacturers. I was really focused on innovative formulations, which obviously led to clean ingredients. And I ended up working with, and we still do, uh, manufacturers in Milan, where I think they are uh, super innovative, the most luxurious manufacturers. I mean, I just think luxury goods in you know, coming out of Italy, no one does it better. And I think that includes personal care products as well. So I started working with chemists and, you know, the way to think about our sort of philosophy and concept is that we're trying to encourage women to be thoughtful. And rather than looking in their makeup bag at their 15 to 20 different products, and it's rather daunting and you have to lug all of this stuff around, is really lightening your load with multi-purpose products. So every single product in our line, 48 SKUs at this point, every single product is two, three, four, if not five products in one. Wow. So what we've done is we've taken that, you know, 10 to 12 product beauty routine and we've sort of mashed it into two or three products and it, we really confidently claim that three is all you need um, and we're just streamlining um, and making it easy and lightening the load. So we truly believe that with less you are more. Tell us about some of these products that are sitting here right in front of us. What do you mean by they can be two yeah, or three? Well, yeah. Sure. sure. What does this turn into? <laughs> sure. So this is actually our hero product and it is our Aglow face mist. Um, it's just a beautiful mist product. It's uh, the very first sort of treatment-like product that I launched about two years ago. And it is our... Um, oh, it smells our, really good. I just, got a, <laughs> I just got a whiff over here. <laughs> um, it has a gorgeous essential French lavender oil in it. So so super clean formulation. Um, but this here is an example of a major multitasker that is universal across skin types, skin tones, ages, no matter what you would like to use this for, it's your choice. You can prep your skin. So after you wash your face, you can prep your skin before makeup application or just before you go to bed. It is a setting spray. So for those of you who would like to set your makeup, it gives you this beautiful, glowy, luminous finish um, and your makeup lasts all day. Or for people like me who are on an airplane all the time, it is that hydrating, beautiful, refreshing mist that you can use anytime you'd like. And we actually created it in a travel size. So it's super easy to throw in the bottom of your toe and, and take take with you. So no matter what you are purchasing this for, it has you know three different tasks, if not more, but it depends on, on what is your favorite task. And so this is an example of sort of one product that does three different things. And there's various different products in our entire collection um, that have those um, multi-purpose components. This is our Lovingly Lip Tinted Lip Oil. We launched this in the spring and this quickly became a bestseller, selling out everywhere. This is the solution. It was my personal solution, but I figured all of you would want it as well. But um, this is the solution for wanting a beautiful lip treatment with really beautiful, nourishing oils, but also wanting a pigmented gloss. And so how many times do you run around, you put a balm on first before you yes, put your lip yes. product? It's just so you feel hydrated all day. Well, this is it, two in one. It's the most incredible hybrid product. So this is the example of really not encouraging 
being, you know, really encouraging, let's be thoughtful. Let's buy the two in one rather than buying two different products. And it really does minimize what you're carrying, what you're purchasing and what you're using. I love that. I want want to try some right now. Of course. Um, where, Where can you buy these products? So we actually have our own direct to consumer site. Uh, lilabeauty.com, where our entire collection is offered. And then uh, online retailers, we are sold through Net-A-Porter. And then brick and mortar, we are everywhere from Neiman Marcus uh, to Sephora and Nordstrom, Holt Renfrew in Canada, and coming soon will be at uh, Mecca in Australia, New Zealand. Oh, wow. So, awesome. yeah, awesome. yeah, it's Who very was your exciting. first retailer. My first retailer. And how did you get in there? Um, my first retailer was Barney's. Um, so we launched at Barney's within our first three months. And then Net-A-Porter launched us at only five months old, five months from our launch, um, distributing us to over 170 countries. Wow. So that was sort of one of those daunting launches. But uh, it's given us an incredible read as to where and what market the brand, the concept, the philosophy, the ingredients um, is resonating. So as we continue to think about global expansion, we kind of know who and where the brand is is doing well already. How did you get into Barney's right away? I cold called and I sent a package. And I think that, you know, we've done a really great job at branding Lila B and really being super clear on our messaging and how and why we're different, that I I, I think the product speaks for itself. So um, I got a call um, from the lead merchant who's actually still there, Jennifer Miles. She's awesome. And uh, she said, uh, when are you next in New York? And I was just about launching the brand. It was just still in prototype mode. And I, I just, I think it was that that package, that goodie package that she fell in love with. The cold call and the cold package. Yeah, doesn't always, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't always work, but um, in that case, it did. Coming up, the challenge of bringing a business to life. Cheryl, what would you say has surprised you the most about being the founder of your own business versus when you were in corporate America for 20 plus years? Oh, the gosh, that's an easy one. You know, I think because I came from a world of sort of running a business, growing a business, when I thought about Lila B, to me, it was a business. It was creating a product to make a difference, to sell. And I never before realized how big and influential my role would be in the brand. I wasn't necessarily hiding behind the desk anymore. I wasn't sitting around a boardroom table making business decisions as much as how impactful it would and is every day being, you know, customer facing, being founder forward. And it's been quite an evolution for me because while I, I believe that I'm I'm an extrovert and I'm extremely social, I didn't necessarily launch this brand for all of this attention. And, you know, today, you know, as the beauty industry has evolved, founders really create a true authentic connection with the consumer to their product and to their brand. And I love that I'm able to do that. But I, it was quite surprising to me just how big that role would be for me. So I, I, there are times where I wish I could clone myself because there are events that are so super, you know, important and it, meaningful and 
important to me, but then I still need to run the business. So yeah, it's rather challenging. And it was, it's quite a surprise at, at how much that takes uh, of my time. Have you found it hard to delegate responsibilities because you want to be doing both? Yes. Yes, because a lot of the responsibilities that I still carry are pretty elevated and pretty, you know, senior in terms of decision making. So whether it's, you know, purchasing and, you know, supply chain and forecasting, you know, everything goes along with what, you know, what you need to run the business. How much capital do you need to run the business? What about inventory? So I have slowly but surely been hiring those more, you know, senior executives to be able to take all off some of those responsibilities, and then having various people on my team who I could lean on to help assist me with things like product development, PR and communications, because sometimes they obviously know better than I do, but yet we can make final decisions together. So it's sharing and responsibility. And as we grow, knowing where and, and when I need to, to add to my team. Do you have a hard time letting go of certain responsibilities? <laughs> I do. And I'm passively controlling. <laughs> I think we could all relate to that. So once you hire someone, because uh, Stephanie and I have experienced this growth over the last eight years with our business, and we've done a lot of what you're saying over the last year or two, and and sometimes it can be just so hard to to let go and yeah. and not resist giving your opinion. You know, there's yes. several ways to get something done. Not everything has to be your way. Yes. Yes. So do you have any tips for anyone letting go of responsibilities? I do. I do. I think that there's a thin line between wanting to have a say and sort of still being in control, maybe not 100%, and and also making sure I think there's a very thin line there between that and and micromanaging. Mm-hmm. And I am not a micromanager. My entire career, I have never been micromanaged. In fact, there were often times I'd be thrown into a board meeting cold and didn't even realize that I was going to be called on to to present a certain portion of the meeting. Um, And that helped me to grow and uh, fall on my face and learn how to be scrappy and be prepared. With my team, it does not matter how green they are right out of school or how seasoned that they are, whether it's in the industry or, or elsewhere. I am a leader who encourages collaboration. I think it's helpful to have incredible multiple voices around the table because just like my 20-year career, today, whether it's my brand, whether I'm the leader or not, I learn something new every day from my team. And I, I want participation. I want collaboration in making decisions. And I may not always take your idea and run with it. But I'll tell you why I didn't or why I believe otherwise. And I think as long as there's a true understanding that you have a say, but yet um, we're going to talk about why we may not do it that way or why your idea is incredible and let's run with it. So I think it's really just about offering freedom Mm -hmm. to, to have a voice. Did you set out to create a certain culture and work environment at Lila B? Yeah, I don't know that I quote unquote set out, but my 
my focus on my personal life has clearly trickled into my my world at Lila B. Um, I would say my entire team knows full on that uh, the work-life balance that I did not have and that I was seriously lacking here in New York created uh, an unhappy, sort of unhealthy life for me. So in California, um, I started to obviously focus more on my work-life balance, self-care, leading to self-love. And I think that um, that trickles down into my team because they see how I lead my life. And uh, they do say, you know, it trickles down from the top. They know to me, family comes first. So I respect that family should come first for them. And that means time off. And that means making other people, including their family and loved ones, a priority. And work-life balance is key. My my um, my team can. I don't count vacation days. I don't count personal time off. Um, they know if they abuse it. Obviously, that will change. But uh, everyone is super focused. I could probably reach anyone at any time of the day. But I also I I allow them to to balance their their work and their life. And I think they're more productive and they're more happy. What was that transition like going from? living in New York, the hustle and bustle, working around the clock to finding the new Cheryl in California. Like, who is this new Cheryl in California? What is your day-to-day like? Well, it clearly wasn't like the flip of a switch. So it didn't happen overnight. Progress. Um, Yes, exactly. And the reality is when I went out to California, you know, I went out kicking and screaming. I was an odd fish out of water. I mean, I, I don't think people knew what to do with me. And here I was in the industry and I was working with the most incredible smaller brands and and founders who were uh, passionate and soulful. I mean, in California, some of the smaller brands that I was working with just, you know, 12 years ago, it was Too Faced Cosmetics and Urban Decay and Bare Essentials and Benefit Cosmetics. I mean, they they were not what they are today. Mm-hmm. And it was so inspiring. It was, it was, it was pretty incredible. And I think that it was, it was just this evolution of, you know, even the people I was working with were different than the big conglomerates and the big finance world that I was in. I embraced being outdoors more. I felt like I was the odd person if I was the only one that was working till 10 o'clock at night when everyone else was out for a run or on their bikes and everyone's training for a new another marathon or <laughs> triathlon. I mean, I, you, like, I, kind I? Of, <laughs> I've kind of felt a little odd and a little, you know, out of my element. But when you start to realize that they're not any less productive or successful or effective as I was. And they were having fun and they were healthy and they were caring about themselves, taking care of themselves. So I think it was sort of addictive. And, you know, rounding out that second year, I recognized that, you know what, I could still get things done and I could still feel really good about myself. And I don't have to be that crazy type A overachiever to be successful. It's all about balance. And so, yes, it happened. It was it was an evolution, but it was probably rounding out that second year. And then obviously I was never leaving. Yeah. So what, is, <laughs> what did you add to your routine that you weren't doing before? Well, it was doing things differently. So I was never a 
horrible eater or a crazy partier when I was in New York. Um, it's not like I was lazy and didn't exercise. But when I moved out to California, I went to farmer's markets on Saturday mornings. I cooked healthier. I cooked simpler. I didn't sit on a treadmill at five o'clock in the morning like a hamster for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes just to get my cardio in. You know, it was more about making it an experience, having, you know, a day in a long trail run or a hike. So it was really just um, embracing a very a different way of living. And, uh, and, and Northern California really offers it all. What advice would you give to an entrepreneurista who's first starting their business right now, hustling, working 24-7? How do you share with them to, to slow down and find what you found? I think you, you definitely have to focus on balance, balance, balance. And that balance will be different for everyone. You know, someone may meditate every morning. Someone may go on a really long trail run and, and they think that's a stress reliever. That's a stress reliever for me. Or some people may actually, you know, they they may um, spend time with family. So I, I think it really depends on who you are, but there needs to be a balance and it can't be all about your startup. It can't all be all about your business or your team or, or, or what your goals are. There's got to be a healthy balance because you'll you'll never be able to get it right. I also think that it's very important that you provide or you 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 seek fans and people who will support you along the way i think naysayers can really put a wrench in it all and cause you to doubt yourself mm-hmm. uh not have as much confidence going into something that you know you've dreamed of and and trying to bring it to life so so do away with the naysayers and and find your your support system for sure how do you do that when uh, well it's easy to get rid of naysayers, but in terms of finding balance, how do you do that in a world that's constantly changing? You know, to stay ahead of your competition, there's always, it feels like there's always so much more you can be doing. How do you resist the urge to say yes to that event or yes to this trend? How do you how do you do it? Great question. I think that you have to be super mindful and thoughtful about the fact that at least in my case, the beauty industry is huge. And there is there is so much market share to go around. So the reality is you can't kill yourself. You can't be less present to yourself, to your loved ones, um, and enjoy other things than your business. You really have to be thoughtful about, you know, uh, an eight-hour day versus a 12-hour day, I'm not really sure how much further ahead that's going to get you if you end up falling ill or, you know, losing relationships. I, I think it's really important to understand and prioritize. Some people prioritize their business only. Some people prioritize their family only. Um, but I think a healthy balance will allow you to figure out what you need to do to achieve your personal and professional goals. And that could be that would be different for everyone. Can you share a time when things were just not going your way in your business right now and what you had to do to overcome that that time? I feel very fortunate that we have not made any serious mistakes. I'm going to have to knock on wood. Yeah, there's a lot of wood here. 
Um, I feel really fortunate we haven't made any major mistakes. I think that there are challenges in the industry. One of the biggest challenges for us today, um, and I think we've overcome the hurdle to a certain degree, is I manufacture everything internationally. And so really being able to forecast your supply chain when everything is coming in by a boat or very expensive air transit is is really that's been that's been a really um, tough one for us. I think there was a moment in time it was about a year ago where we had been out of stock of our hero skew for a good six weeks and that was a really that was a big missed opportunity but I flipped the opportunity in sort of an optimistic way to say this is a lesson learned and we've put parameters and a process in place where we make sure that that doesn't happen again um, so that was probably one of the most stressful periods because once again, it was out of my control <laughs> and I couldn't get it manufactured quick enough or get it here quick enough. But I would say that's probably been one of the biggest challenges is really knowing and being able to predict the popularity of a product and how, mu- how much you really need to have on hand. What is there anything that someone wouldn't know about you? You know, you've been living in California, you've developed all of these new interests. What is something that someone wouldn't know about you? You know, as much as I think my life has transformed and some of my older friends and and even my family might even refer to me as the old Cheryl and the new Cheryl, um, which is actually pretty comical because in the end, I'm the same person just living a very different life. I think the surprising thing would be that as much as I have been this, you know, overachiever, focused a lot on my career, running, 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 now running a business, there is uh, at the core, the the woman that I am is really uh, came from the foundation of of my family. I I come from a family of uh, four siblings, three siblings and myself, uh, in a really big, loud Italian family. (laughs) And it was an amazing upbringing. And the uh, time that I spent in a very modest household, especially with my mom, was not necessarily going out and having brunch and shopping every weekend. That that wasn't our life. But it was time spent in the kitchen. My mom is an incredible Italian cook. She makes everything from scratch. She annoys me sometimes because I don't have that time anymore. (laughs) But the reality is that was um, truly valuable to me in terms of knowing that those moments were so special and it didn't have to be anything other than fresh ingredients and time in the kitchen. And that has trickled into the new Cheryl life where I love to entertain. So when we have time, um, my husband and I will entertain as much as we can. And I'll spend the entire day in the kitchen scraping up something that's all homemade, made from scratch. Think of my mom every minute of the way. And uh, and it gives me great joy and it's very therapeutic. So, so that's probably something that you'd never, that a lot of people wouldn't think that uh, that I take the time to do, but but I do and I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Coming up, finding balance, feeling lucky, and a surprise. You can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on Instagram at entrepreneistas. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneistapodcast.com. We were talking a little bit about social media before, but we do have a special surprise for you that's sitting right to yours at your left, your left, if you want to pull out your bag down there. 
That is for you. Yeah, so Stephanie and I love to surprise and delight our guests, and it's also something we recommend to our clients. This is great. Thank you. So take a look at what's in there. We did a little investigation of your own personal Instagram account, and know you do like to enjoy. Yes. (laughs) We actually had one last night. There you go. Oh my God, this is adorable. Thank you. Oh, this is great. And then all of your entrepreneurista swag because you are definitely a Oh my gosh, so cute. Thank you, guys. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, this is really well done. I love that. Oh my gosh, and we love our little champagne flutes. Yes, so hopefully we can get that safely back to California. We're we're big believers (laughs) in finding reasons to celebrate every little thing. Because as you mentioned, life life is short and you've got to find the joy in every moment. Celebrate everything, everything that's positive and happy. Yes. Thank you, guys. And I love this little travel bag. This is great. So everyone will know you're an entrepreneur when you're walking around with that bag. (laughs) This is great. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and I could use one of these. Yes. So cute. Awesome. Thank you. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. I want to learn more uh, about your marketing. So what has, in the in the beginning, what was the way that you got the word out about the brand? Was it social media? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was social media. I mean, I think it's really across the board, right? Um, whether it was four, four years ago when we launched the brand or even even more importantly today, I think you have the opportunity to reach a bigger audience and you have an opportunity to sort of intrigue and acquire a consumer in a very, very different way. And because retail and um, and consumer behaviors have changed so dramatically, I think right now that's a really important platform. But I think even using social media in very different ways has evolved for us. So, you know, early on, just beautiful imagery, because I think that I'm proud to say that the collection is very photo worthy and oh, yes, um, Instagrammable. It is. It is. We're but, looking at it here right now and it's <laughs> <thank> gorgeous. <you. laughs> um, but then, you know, I think there's also very interesting ways that we have to educate and in, intrigue that that consumer that wants simple or wants clean formulations. And and you really have to be able to talk to that so that it's not just a pretty picture, but it's very informative and um, and you really speak to the true DNA of the brand so that women know how and why we're different. And what's next for Lila B? What are you most excited about in the next five to 10 years? Oh, gosh. I think that... Um, We have really been focusing on innovation in a big way. So we have a couple of pretty incredible launches next year that I'm super excited about. I'm not sure I've been this excited about a launch. Can you tell us what they are? I could, but then I'd have to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll tell you guys soon. In fact, we'll send you some samples. But uh, we have an exciting launch in January. Is it because of customer feedback and what they were asking for that you've come up with some It's a combination. It's a combination of really taking a good hard look at what's resonating. So what in the collection is resonating with that woman who wants simple, multiple, uh, I'm sorry, minimalistic, multi-purpose products uh, and clean, healthy ingredients? So we're kind of expanding on that, taking a good hard look at our 
our uh, best-selling SKUs, but also, yeah, hearing the the customer feedback. I mean, it is so amazing. If I go to an event, if I get an inbound email, or we even hear through social media insight from uh, from customers, you really have to pause and say, you know, it's not always about me. I mean, our lovingly lip hybrid uh, lip treatment product is, uh, it was kind of solving my issue, yeah. but it's really also thinking about the Lila B customer and what they're looking for next. What did it feel like when you first started getting that positive feedback through social media? Do you remember that moment people started talking about your brand? Yeah, um, because as confident as you are, I mean, you're clearly biased. It's a creation that you, you know, put your heart and soul into. I took my time to make sure that every single element of the brand, from the luxurious packaging to the incredible clean formulations that actually work and last, to the overall claim that every single task that we claim these products do is spot on. So, you know, really thinking about all of that, you feel really 100% confident when you take the time and spend the money, but you just never know Mm -hmm. how someone is going to react to it, how it's going to resonate in the market. And because it is something very unique, it's also, you know, will you attract someone because this is very, this is very new. This is a different mindset. You know, this is in line with simplifying and decluttering your life, like the Marie Kondos of yep. the world, right? I mean, this that's what this is all about. This is not just beauty products that are going to make you look fabulous. This is really a whole different approach and understanding of how simple beauty can, can be. How long did it take you to develop these products? 19 months. 19 months. <laughs> but who's counting? <laughs> 19 months, three days, It was supposed hours. to be 16, and I was going to launch right at the mm. first of the year, like right after crazy yeah. holiday and people start to slow down and, you know, they might want to start with something new, yeah. uh, a new look, a new you, a new approach, a new philosophy. And so it, it should have been around January. Uh, we ended up launching in like April, almost May of 2015. So we're four years old. Well, nothing ever goes totally no. according to plan and you probably just have to learn to be yes. adaptable. And yeah. I had wiggle room, you know, it was yeah. at at the start. I was only launching for my own e-commerce, so I wasn't disappointing anyone else yeah. but myself. So um, it was easy to sort of ebb and flow with that. So did you need to raise money to start this business? I, I'm i very grateful that we did not. Early on, um, my husband and I were able to fund the business at least through development and launch. And then I've also been fortunate that even four years in, the most that we've ever done is uh, round up that, that support system that I mentioned earlier of incredible friends and family who not only wanted to support me emotionally and personally, but also financially to make sure that this business is a success and they're, they're part of the journey with me along the way. So I, I feel I feel very fortunate. What would you say is your favorite mantra or quote that you just always live by? I think there's two things and, and one has to do with my, um, my life philosophy and uh, it trickles into the tagline of our brand, which is with less you are more. Mm-hmm. I think there were many years that I never in a million years thought that I would feel more with less stuff. Everything was always about stuff mm-hmm. when I lived here. 
you know, latest handbags, I mean, shoes, you name it, uh, even uh, how much I fussed with my hair and how much makeup I wore. And so I think um, I think that's really meaningful for me, for the brand as well as me. And then for my team, because I think I think that being a leader is so important to me and I couldn't do this. Day to day, without the team that I that ha- I have in place, I've I've. It's so funny because someone just asked me this yesterday, um, and I've said it probably three times over the past you know ten days. But none of us is is as smart as all of us, yeah. and it truly um, resonates with me and my team. It's you know I could never ever do this on my own. So from a leader perspective, that's that's my mantra. Yeah. Love that. I love that. Uh, and then uh, is there anything that you had wished you had known before starting this business that would have prevented, you know, a mistake or something that took too long? And you were fortunate enough to have a 20-year career prior yes. in the business yes. or 10 years in the business. Yes. But is there anything that you wish I you think, knew? I think there's two things. I think that, you know, it's just like renovating a home. Mm-hmm. Everything takes longer than you think. Yep. So I think, and a lot of that is out of your control when you're thinking about the timing of a new product launch. So that was really challenging. And then, of course, you know, having no control over speeding that process up, that was really um, a shock to me. But I, I also think that... And and I'm asked this question all the time as an entrepreneur, and 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 what sort of advice I would I would give or any insight is, it always costs you a lot more money uh, than you think, and you have to be prepared for that. And uh, luckily, we were prepared for it. But I don't think people realize yeah. how much it takes to take an idea and and bring it to life in the right way, in the thoughtful, you know, really impactful way. What are you grateful for every day? Oh, my gosh. I'm grateful for a lot of things. I'm grateful for uh, my amazing family and friends and my health, my family and friends' uh, good health. I'm also grateful, as a female in particular, to be able to have such uh, a powerful voice and opportunity to make a difference and you know, in the industry, I think I'm I'm making a difference. But I mean, the reality is, I'm not curing cancer. I'm I'm doing something that I'm passionate about, and I wish I could, I wish I could cure that cancer. But I think it's very, um, it's very powerful mm-hmm. to be able to be a woman that you can run your own business and have an opportunity in this world that we live in today. Um, so I'm hoping that I can be an inspiration, particularly to my two nieces and to younger women to to have the confidence to take that leap and take that chance to do something um, different and for themselves. I love that. For so all of the entrepreneurs listening, what, what is one essential beauty tip you'd want to give them? Pare it down and don't always think that, you know, layering all sorts of different products will, you know, will actually create beauty. Beauty is you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the minimalistic, simple approach of Lila B is not necessarily about masking who you are, but really enhancing who you are. And we're making it simple and easy. So, yeah, I, I think it's about less is more. And what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? Oh, gosh, it's just incredible. I feel very lucky. I feel very lucky. I feel lucky that I had this opportunity. I think there's a lot of people out there, men and women, that say, I want to start a business. I have a brilliant idea, but it's really challenging to bring it to life. 
So um, I feel very lucky. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can everyone find and follow you? You can follow us on Lila Beauty on Instagram, Facebook, we're, we're Lila B, and um, lilabeauty.com for some fabulous uh, opportunities to, to embrace our philosophy of less is more. And then we have an exciting uh, code for you guys today, Entrepreneista20. So each and every one of you listening today can... Uh, can have a nice 20% discount off of anything on Lila B. Thank you so much. And we'll be sharing that code everywhere, all over social and sending your links out. So you guys check out Cheryl's brand, Lila B. It is absolutely gorgeous. And we're going to sit here and try all of all of your products now together. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's been so much fun. So much fun. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. 